welcome to Freaky Fauna Friday, where every Friday we take a little time and explore some of the freaks of nature from around the planet we cherish so deeply. So please, jump aboard and let's explore the wilds together. Hello. Welcome back to Freaky Fauna Friday. Just love Fridays. I am the great and peaceful mystery and i'm jay your uh your guide to everything good everything fantastic on this wonderful friday ah just you know a good first step into the weekend is what i always say we've done enough freaky faunas that i'm afraid about it repeating because my memory's so bad <laughs> so i'm hoping this isn't a repeat what is it the Californian Condor. Oh yeah, we did this on. Uh, did we? Episode um fourteen. See, we've talked about him in Cribs of the Corn podcast with like Thunderbirds and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I think that's where I'm getting like no. the wires crossed. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we've done this one yet because we did. We've talked about him a lot on that show for the giant avians, you know, cryptids. But now I need to see if we did do it because now it's bothering me. I don't think we did though. No, I don't think we did. One of the largest flying birds though, alive today. California condor scavengers get a bad rap. They are considered stupid, dirty animals that occupy <laughs> the lower tiers of animal society and are more reputable hunters and graceful herbivores. But that is simply not true. It's simply not true at all. California condors are both confident and reinforcing the stereotypes in many ways, uh, being both huge and graceful, but also routinely covered in pee and prone to fear puking. Oh. <laughs> so they are gross. Yeah, but it's it's all animals are kind of gross in, in any way, shape, or form. I guess kind of like the old uh, uh, bear cat. Yeah, but these things, for being how big they are, they are extremely graceful with flight. Okay. So you start seeing birds like albatrosses, which are another humongous flying bird. If people have the biggest what wingspan, right? I th- pretty sure they were. I think Californian condors, Andean condors are up there. There's a couple other supersized gliders. Condor Sheldon's up there. Condor Sheldon. I don't know who that is. It was a joke we had in geometry class in like 10th grade. Here's a fact you may not know. Sadly, these animals became extinct in the wild in 1987. They have been wow. since been subject to intensive captive breeding programs and re- to reintroduced in California and Arizona. It's estimated now that there's over 500 individuals living in the wild today making them one of the rarest bird species on the planet. I'm going to do my best Owen Wilson impression and go, wow. Uh, they're probably, uh, now we know there probably were some populations that were still out there. Yeah. But how they fly, like their home ranges are absolutely Gigantic, massive. I bet. Uh, but they do come back to the same area to nest. So unlike, I think we've talked about in this show, like Stellar Eagles, mm-hmm. where they kind of, are, they move around the whole Northern Hemisphere. Right. They don't really, unless they're breeding, they really don't have a home. Right. These guys have a home. They have a cliff face they like or some, you know. Some, they always come back yeah. to that spot. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, you know, if they get caught out like 500 miles from home and they'll nest somewhere for the night. Right. But uh, these guys are amazing when it comes to that Wait, they stuff. come back every every night or whatever? Ish. Like oh. they'll go out and search for food, then they'll come back home. And then they'll go out and search for food and wow. come back home. Okay. And so I'm saying it's kind of the big difference with something like a stellar sea eagle, which right. is another, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles, if not thousands of miles of An- flyer. Another thermal vent rider. There you go. A fellow. Thermal vent rider. <laughs> These guys uh, have a, a big variety of habitats, but some of their preferred is rocky shrubland, carnivorous forests, and oak 
Savannas. Did you say carnivorous forests? Coniferous. Oh, coniferous. Okay. I was going to say, like, wait a minute. These guys like the carnivorous plants? Like, they like hunting there? Seems dangerous. But, yeah, so they have a wide variety, open plains, but also forest. Uh, They are scavengers, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, Yeah, they may have eaten kids before. Oh, great. Uh, Located mostly in Mexico in the U.S. on the West Coast, but they can show up anywhere. Uh, We have historic records of California hunters making it all the way to, like, West Virginia. That's pretty far. As far as we know, they never really pushed past Appalachia. Because that's kind of their turnaround point to start heading back. Right. Makes sense. Uh, but yeah, we don't know, though. I mean, there's no real reason why they wouldn't. Yeah. Except, you know, preferred habitat and stuff like that. Right. Not Forests too many... over here are much more denser. And not too many cliff faces. Yeah. Not as big as, you know, the Rockies out west. And, right. You know. uh, they can live a long, long time. You got a guess? Hmm. For a bird. For a bird. 32 years. Ooh, that's a really good guess. Yeah, what's your real answer? Uh, up to 70. Oh, so it's halfway there. Yeah. Living on a prayer. And there's uh, one in the captivity, I believe it lived to be 81. That's long. That's pretty dang old for a bird. Mm-hmm. That's anything. estimated because, you know, they got it when it was a, a younger bird. Oh, okay. Uh, wingspan is anywhere from 9 to 11 feet. Very it's large. Pretty wide. Um, but they, they weigh, you know, they weigh anywhere from 24 to 30 pounds. Birds are uncharacteristically light when you kind of look at them. Right. Even like bald eagles and stuff like that when they're tall like a, like a toddler, you know. Yeah. Or golden eagles and stellar eagles are, you know, big like a kid. Uh, they weigh significantly less. But they can carry some pretty heavy weights. Right. Relatively speaking, you know. Almost, I think, a lot of these eagles and a lot of these guys, which these aren't eagles, we'll talk about their family group in a minute. Oh, these aren't? They're not raptors. Okay. Well, they're condors. Yeah. It's, so everybody kind of lumps that... them into raptors. But they're so not. So raptors are, you know, you're... Owls, your hawks, your eagles, that kind of stuff. The things that actively are, are hunting and yeah. yeah. Uh these guys aren't. But yeah, so ambush predators. Scavengers. I meant the raptors. Yeah. They're like ambush. These guys aren't. They are black with uh with bands of white under their wings. They have a big naked head, you know, that t- typical what you kind of like cartoon buzzard. And they have long almost mane feathers around their neck. They're mm. long thin like decorative feathers. They mostly prefer mammal carcasses, which would make sense, you know, evolving here in North America with huge herds of buffalo, you know, Ice Age mammals, even yeah. before the buffalo, the stuff like, you know, mammoths and all that stuff. True. Cave lions. Mm-hmm. They have several predators, which is kind of weird. Humans are the number one. Makes sense. Or even back in the day for poaching, stealing eggs, that kind of stuff. Uh, golden eagles often target these guys. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, which Golden Eagles, if everybody doesn't know, I, we haven't done an episode on Golden Eagles. We've done an episode on Stellars. Yeah. Uh, but Golden Eagles are often, like, they they hunt other massive birds. Mm. Like uh, the trumpeter swans, which if anybody's never seen, the North American native swan, not the duck pond domestic swans. The North American wild swan, the trumpeters, are absolutely massive. Seen two last As year. Like, Jay got eye to eye with one. Yeah. They're pretty big. Uh, and then... Is in California condors. So, you know, they'll, they fight other things. And bears. What? Yeah, so bears will try to break into their nest because they have they bring carcasses back or partial carcasses back uh, to their nest. okay. So bears will eat them, eat their chicks, and yeah. eat, you know, any remains they have. They can fly up to 40 miles per hour top speed. Mostly are gliders. Uh, there's only one species because their numbers got so low that we don't have any indications of a subspecies. Hmm. Their closest cousin would be the Andean condor, which is their South American counterpart, which right. is a little bit bigger. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Freaky. And they are completely critically endangered. The Andean or the California? California, okay. They're both endangered, but... Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Good at least they're not so extinct far. anymore. I know. They were officially declared extinct in the wild, yeah. which uh, I don't know if we ever really, really talked about in the show. Extinct doesn't mean completely gone. Right. Extinct just, means there's so low of them, they cannot reproduce enough. Right. It's, it's not coming you know, back. functionally extinct um, by themselves. Right. These guys were brought back, you know, due to... In, uh, Human due, intervention. Yeah, breeding a bunch of these. Have you ever seen how they breed these guys and, like, they have no human contact? They literally dress up like a giant vulture or a giant condor. They dress it up? They dress a human up. Oh. To, rare, to raise these chicks. So these chicks have no independence of humans. They have no the concept of humans for, like, feeding oh, and stuff I like gotcha. that. Oh, I gotcha. So they just think it's another bird. Yeah. But they, like, have their hand dressed up as it, and they yeah. wear, like, this big black cloak. Dumb birds. And because they imprint, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's an important part of the reproductive process is to learn from the parent. Just so, something neat. So they're, these guys are dumb and they smell mm. like pee. So th- there's only two species of condor, <laughs> true condors left, which are the Californian condor and the Andean condor. That's which, it? Yeah. For condors in general? Yeah. I did not there's, know that. There's some closer cousins, but of true condors, there's only two species. Wow. Okay. Uh, there was many more and they've just been wiped out. They're very. There's never been tons of them for a species. They're one of these species that doesn't have a lot of individuals. So they're very susceptible to habitat change, predation, you know, mm-hmm. you know hunting, all that stuff. Uh, California condors are very simple animals. They aren't good at much, but they know what they're good at. Hmm. Their enormous wingspan carries them hundreds, if not thousands of miles, the high-altitude foraging trips, picking out mammal carcasses with their keen eyesight and bringing it back to their babies. Despite being covered in, in like rubbish and poo and stuff, they're very impressive birds with a sad history of direct presentation in the plight of a secondhand bullets that continues to threaten these species with extinction. Same. People just shoot at these things. Oh, okay. For no real reasons. Secondhand bullets, like that's weird. What's that mean? Just people like aiming at, they're not hunt, nobody's hunting them on purpose. You see a condor and people just shoot at them. Okay. Just because big bird? Yeah. Okay. Any questions so far? Um, I don't think so. So these are one of the few scavengers. So condors are, if you had to guess, you, so you know, turkey vultures and buzzards are obviously they're in their same family group. These are vultures, quote unquote. They're just they're a specialized group of vultures. Okay. What would you say the vulture's closest family group is? Closest family group? Mm-hmm. I now, don't, like, here's, I'll give you a hint. Have you ever seen a turkey vulture up close? Um, I mean, are those the ones that are around here? Yeah. Like, then, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Paint it white. What does it look like? Paint it white? Seagull? Yes. Ah. That's that one of their closest relative groups. I feel like maybe you've told me this yeah. once before. That's why I knew that. And when you really look at them, you can kind of see it. Not with a condor, but more your turkey vultures and stuff like that, the smaller ones. Yeah, I could see it with when their you, shape. Yeah, they're, especially their heads. heads. When you really yeah. look at their head, you can see it. Their head and beak. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. makes sense. You know, uh, seagulls are partial scavengers and predators. They kind of shoot. Yeah. yeah. They're scavengers in the parking They're parking lot scavengers. Yeah. So, like I said, they can have, you know, around a 10 foot wingspan, you know, give or take a foot. Uh, there's not a ton known about these birds because there's not a lot of them left. Uh, Californian condors, the females are smaller than the males, which is unusual among birds. Yeah, usually it's the opposite. And we think this is because the male will travel farther away from nesting sites to find food and let the females stay closer so to find food. So it's easier to travel the bigger yeah. you are. Yeah, it's it's diversifying food niches I like inside call- of a species. We talked about those jaguars. 
Oh, yeah, they that's have black right. cubs and they have yellow cubs. Yeah. Right. So they, they're not directly competing with their siblings. Daytime hunters not and nighttime hunters. hunters. Yeah, I call it sexual dimorphism, though, with these birds. Sexual dimorphism. It's just something I like to say. Mm-hmm. Although they don't quite make the top spot in largest wingspan in the world, uh, they are definitely one of the heaviest flying birds that are alive today. I gotta imagine the albatross is the top one. And if you look at their wing shapes, if, uh, you know, this is a podcast, so you can't really look. Like, I don't have pictures to show you. But if you look at their wing shapes, you can definitely tell they're very different. Albatrosses have these humongously long and almost narrow wings. Yeah. They're gliders more than these guys are. These guys are also gliders. But their wings are so much bigger because they carry food back. They're one of the only vultures that does that. And so they, they're eating it right yeah. there. Yeah. And that's, you know, uh, we've talked about it in North America. That's why they had, like, dragon sites and even, like, the pious bird in Indiana or Illinois, Illinois I think it was. The pious all bird. Yeah. Where they had the monster on the cliff and right, there's yeah. human bones up there and stuff. Yes, I'm trying to remember where that, I so think it was. They, these California nesting, these California condor nesting sites just have giant piles of bones and buffalo skulls and all oh, that I stuff bet. underneath. Yeah. Because they bring ch- chunks back. They don't care a buffalo carcass that back. Would be, now, that would be insane. But it looks like it, right? Because there's hundreds, and, if not thousands, of bones below right, these nests. Yeah. So that's kind of how the North American dragon legend really got pushed with, like, oh, no, no, there's a dragon lives up there. There's you no know, cow carcasses <laughs> right. below. Here's old buffalo skeleton intact. Yeah. I don't know about intact, but yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> they reconstruct things, too. They spend almost all, they spend the biggest portion of their life at super high elevations. Their nesting sites are commonly between 4,000 or 460 meters all the way up to 1,400 meters above sea level. Uh, they can be found, though, at more than 2,000 meters. Uh, but yeah, they just find any natural holes and cliff faces or exceptionally tall trees. Uh, before the redwoods were all gone, the, you know, massive. The, right. We do believe that there was big colonies of condors that lived in the super huge redwoods. In the tree, yeah. Yeah. And these guys don't build very good nest. Oh, they don't? No. They kind of just... Piece things together? They Sometimes they bring some stuff like, uh, like some moss and some leaves and a stick or two back. But they're just, they kind of lay their egg on the cliff face. And they're good parents, though. They do the bare minimum, though, for yeah. the nesting part. Yeah. They're very slow to grow. Despite being born with their eyes open, it can take a chick up to weeks to drag itself out of the egg fully. When hatched, you know, they're ugly little fluffy balls with bald faces and necks. So they have a <laughs> yellow or orange face as adults, and they start with a black face. As a baby? Yeah, as a, bla- as a baby. Okay. So kind of like a bald eagle, you know, starts with a brown head and it slowly turns white over right. many years. Uh, but yeah, both parents will guard the chick, bring it food. Uh, there's If there's only one, they do seem to pay very close attention to it. They are resource-intensive breeding strategy. Parents will alternate foraging trips. Most time when they have a chick, they only go about 200 miles away from the nest to look for food. Uh, as the chick gets older, they start venturing further and further out, longer foraging trips. Right, responsible adults. The chick will stay in the nest for the next six months and remain dependent on the parents for up to a year to a year and a half. Dang, that's quite a long time. Oh, it gets longer than that. By six years, the condors are ready to start trying to look for a mate. Okay. So they're highly dependent on their parent for up to that year, year and a half. They still kind of hang around the nesting site even after that stage. Mom, dad's probably not going to be feeding them, feeding them. Uh, Oh, gosh. Oh, scared me again. It always gets me. It always gets me. The ding. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, so yeah, they won't directly take take good care of them. 
because they have new chicks to watch. Right, yeah. But they'll kind of hang around. That's how these big colonies get built up. Okay. Yeah, until about year six, and they'll go out and find a mate. So, like, communal well, living in, in the, it like for a little bit. Like, the are really, really intensive breeders. Yeah. Like, they spend a lot of time, they put a lot of effort into each chick. Right. That's why they live so long. Mm-hmm. And it, depending on what the animal is, the more parental care, the generally we're talking, the longer they live. Right. And we talked about both in the fish a long time ago on this show. And that's what they did. You episode know, one. They live, a, it probably was, it had to be episode one. It was one. episode one, yeah. Uh, they, they live a lot, they live a really long time, for, especially for freshwater fish. Right. You know, 40 years. Because they put so much effort into just reproduction, into taking care of offspring and, you know, mm-hmm. spend it. So those animals tend to live a long time. Uh, they have really blunt talons. These aren't like not stabbies or, you know, owls. Yeah. They have talons, don't get me wrong, but it's more, they have these just big, almost turkey feet. Do condors have sharp talons? They do not. Oh. They have blunt talons. <laughs> Boy, I didn't understand a word you were saying. <laughs> the real nails are slightly curved, but they're not good for gripping. These guys, you know, they have they can carry stuff back and stuff like that, but they're right. just not very good. Like feet, like they like a turkey foot almost. Right. Yes. It's not like a bald eagle that's right snatching fish out of the water. And here's a weird one: they can barely talk. Okay. For birds, that's really weird. You know, birds are very vocal. They're not very good at communicating. Most birds have a syrinx, which is a bird-like equivalent of a larynx. This is, allows them to diversify and indicate vocal <laughs> communications we see in other birds. Condors have no such thing. They don't have one. They hop around, grunting, hissing at each other. Uh, they have a primitive communication style that is enough to maintain their lo- their social setup. Yeah, I guess if you don't need it, yeah. why would why would you have it? These birds have really basic needs. And it has saved them, or it has served them well. They are not good at much, but they are really good at the things they do. Which are? Just bringing back whole carcasses. Oh, okay. <laughs> Being huge. And having, like, the eyesight to pick them out from way up there. Yeah, miles. Yeah, which miles. is, that's pretty awesome. Uh, they pee on themselves when they get too hot. That's the other And cool. that's a vulture thing. That's, oh, okay. you know, a vulture buzzard thing. They pee and poop on their legs. They're really good at it. They're really good at it. Uh, they fear puke. What are you laughing at? It's just a funny thing. So when they get scared, they just puke. So this is more, this comes from being chicks. It's got to be a defense mechanism, Yeah, it's right? a defense mechanism. Yeah. Because their stomach acid is crazy. These guys oh swallow gosh. bones whole and digest it. Okay. So what they do is, especially chicks in these like cliff face nests, they can't go anywhere. Yeah. So if a bear or something gets in there. They puke on it. They throw up all their stomach bile. Yeah. Which is highly corrosive. Okay, makes sense. So it's like throwing up battery acid on somebody. Yeah. It works. I bet. Uh, so in captivity and stuff like that, it's <laughs> really hard. Because keep in mind, they're eating mostly like rancid meat and bone chunks. And, right, yeah. So they have just, to. It sucks. Even if you're a bear that eats carcasses, that still is sucks. Right, yeah. Now you're eating a bird that eats carcasses. And once yeah, the why, you know, this may be a cool question people have. Why do they have the bald heads? Why is their faces and necks bald? And it's to help them eat. It's an adaptation for eating, vultures have, uh, where they Take they pretty much dive their whole head to get internal organs first, but they don't want to get all that stuff stuck in feathers. They right. don't want to get you know it ruin all that stuff that they can't clean. That's one area they can't preen themselves. Right. Yeah. So they just adapted not to have any feathers. Nothing up there, yeah. and it's easier getting in and out of uh, a carcass, or carcass wounds, holes, mm-hmm. anything to burrow your head in to get to those organs. So this one is argued. Uh, but they are the longest live bird species on the planet. Oh wow! Okay. There's a couple other contenders, but this is, they're pretty sure that the condors, at least California condors, are the one. Tiho was born in captivity in 1930, 
and he lived an impressive 79 years. That's pretty awesome. He is, at least as we know, the longest recorded lifespan of any bird. There's a couple other birds that kind of get up there, some macaws and stuff like that, hyper-intelligent birds, uh, even a shoebill or two, maybe. Big Bird's got to be up there by now, right? Yeah. But see, Big Bird is like a sponge. Yeah. He's like a new one pops off every couple of years, and it's... Oh, so it's not the same it Big It is, bird. but isn't. Right, I get it, I guess. We're splitting hairs here. He doesn't fit. So these guys are in danger from hunting and, like I said, the secondhand lead poisoning. They eat so many carcasses of deer and stuff like that. These guys die of lead poisoning from gunshots and other animals. Oh, because they're eating the carcasses they're that got the shot. carcasses that got shot. Mm, okay, makes sense. Also, people poison these guys. I have no idea. These are one of those animals that just... Get tortured for no for reason. For no reason. They yeah. don't do anything to anybody. They're scavengers. They're not taking your dog. <laughs> right, yeah. Wait, but you did say at the top of this episode they might have killed a kid or two. Yeah. They, they, the California condor may have picked up that kid in uh, Illinois or Indiana. The one? The Thunderbird. Yeah, it started like dry. Which I don't think it was, but everybody said it was a California condor. Yeah. Because it's so out of the, the ballpark for what they'd normally do. Right, yeah. Uh, but then we just had an eagle... Literally attack and try to eat that kid this winter. That's so crazy. In, I think, New York. Did you see that video? I don't know if I did. It grabs his toddler. I mean a toddler. And just takes him. Okay. And drops him when he's like 15 feet in the air. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but the kid is like, the mom had packed the kid in so many winter clothes. Yeah. That he just kid kind of bounced and stood up and was fine. Yeah. <laughs> like but, the, Yeah, like a three-year-old. Like the kid from Christmas Story? Yeah. Can't put my arms down. But like a three-year-old. Yeah. That's scary. And the kid that got picked up, I believe, was a six-year-old in Indiana. Oh, my gosh. So I just don't think it was a condor, my personal beliefs. Yeah. Uh, there's Territorns, which may have been what it was. Okay. Largest flying birds ever. And they were aggressive. But, yeah, that's California condor. Did I answer all your questions? I think you did. Uh, we spent on average. The California condor conservation project is one of the most expensive in U.S. history for an animal species. It's cost over $35 million in total with an annual cost of about $2 million. They are now up to 500 adult California condors in the wild. Intensive conservation efforts to ensure that their numbers will steadily increase. And this was a little, little bit ago. I believe we're up to 700 now. All right. I just watched. They just released a whole bunch of them this past fall. Oh, nice. Uh, which is really, it's really cool to see that enough people care. Yeah. To preserve these animals yeah. as long as possible. Especially when species go extinct all the time from nature. But these are ones going extinct from us. You know, they pretty much were only going to die out because of us. Right, yeah. Like People poison these things. What's the point? They would literally leave out a cow carcass and dump, like, not lie, I can't remember what it was, but basically rat poison all over it. Right, so they come in. And they'd come back and feed that to its chicks. And Man, yeah, what's the point? Why? Because people just hate animals. I guess so. Some people, but we yes. love animals. Right. At this show, we love animals. That's the P-neck, naked-headed Californian condor. <laughs> What's your what's your words for the weekend? Well, you know, going in this weekend, it's a little chilly out. Remember to bundle up and uh we'll see if Jay falls through the ice. See if I fall through the ice. Oh uh, yeah, you I guess you'll find that out next week, huh? Yeah. If I come back and I don't have a host, or you come back and you don't have a extra host. Right, yeah. One of us is dead. So let's not end it on that somber note. <laughs> <laughs> One of us is dead. Yeah, let's not think about that. Uh, no. So, now, guys, get out, relax, have some fun. Uh, I know winter is a hard time. 
uh, just because it's like you don't feel like there's anything to do, and there's stuff to do. But I get it, you know, I know everybody's right. You get that able, cabin fever when everybody's able to do stuff in the winter, right? You yeah. Know? So I don't know. Try to reach out, have some fun online, stay safe on the roads out there, avoid the ice patches. I can't remember what podcast we said. Well, keep your hockey stick on the ice. What? Keep your hockey stick on the ice. What's that mean? It's just I don't know. It's like keep going. Oh, okay. It's like a Canadian thing. I like it. I can't remember who said it, though. So remember, folks, keep that hockey stick on the ice. <laughs> and I have been the great and peaceful mystery. And I've been Jay. We'll catch you next week with more Freaky Fauna Friday. Bye. Thank you for listening to Freaky Fauna Friday. If you want to help the podcast grow, remember to share and give it a five-star review.